know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is your host, Jam and Joe, of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And on this week's episode, we're talking we're talking a little bit of University of Georgia Bulldog baseball. We're going to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball. And we're also going to talk some PGA Championship, as this is the second major of the golf calendar year that is going to be going on. So I'll be talking on a little bit of golf as well. So some baseball and some golf on this week's episode. So before we get into the sports conversation, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original Oak Smoke Barbecue Catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so first on the docket tonight, guys, we're going to talk a little about the University of Georgia Bulldog baseball team. So Tuesday night was Georgia's final midweek game of the year. This was on the 17th of May, yesterday. And so Georgia was facing Presbyterian, and Georgia dismantled the Blue Hose 18-3. It was quite an impressive offensive, offensive show by the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So the first guy I want to highlight is a pitcher for Georgia, and that is Davis Roscoe, the former Mississippi State Bulldog who transferred over to the University of Georgia. Uh, got his first career win on Tuesday. He pitched three scoreless innings, and he was thrown into a bases-loaded situation situation early on early on in the game and he came in and he did a good job he he held Presbyterian down for, like I said, three scoreless innings. He, he did a real nice job. So props to him. So back on the offensive side of things. So as I said, Georgia scored 18, 18 runs on 15 hits. The two guys who had really nice days for Georgia offensively were sophomore first baseman Parks Harbor and Garrett Blaylock, who was sliding over to play third base for Georgia on Tuesday. And so both guys Tuesday night were three for four for the Bulldogs yesterday. So Parks was a single away from the cycle. That means Parks had a double, a home run, and a triple all in one game. And Blaylock was a was a triple away from the cycle, meaning Blaylock had a single, a double, and a home run. The last home run Garrett Blaylock hit was on the 2nd of April against the Florida Gators. And yours truly was in the building for that one. Garrett Blaylock is a, is a guy who is a big who is a big time power bat. He he's got really good pop from the left side, and I think is a key bat that Coach Strickland can bring in off the bench for Georgia and get and give the Bulldogs some left-handed thump. Look for Garrett Blaylock to make a big impact for the Bulldogs down the stretch. You, you know, for those of you that aren't aware of kind of how Garrett Blaylock came to came to the University of Georgia, he started out at Vanderbilt. He couldn't make it over there as far as getting consistent playing time, so he decided to come over to Georgia. And he's done really, really well for the Bulldogs. I know this year he hasn't gotten a start near as much as probably he would have wanted, but Blaylock's a guy who's played a lot of baseball, and he's been around the SEC so as I said Garrett Blaylock's got a lot of big time power in his bat he's really strong and look for his left-handed bat to be very critical as we get closer and closer to postseason play for the University of Georgia I've talked about Parks Harbor a good bit on the show this year 
Parks Harbor, we are finally seeing him fully healthy. He's really, really coming into his own as a sophomore. And as I said on an earlier pod, he was having to switch positions. Last year, he played third base. But this year, he's over at first base. And he's done a great job defensively. And uh, he's also done a great job with the bat as well. He just looks more comfortable at the plate. And man, when he really gets a hold of a ball, he can absolutely crush it. So Georgia's in a really good spot as far as power bats. Coming down the stretch here especially against Presbyterian on Tuesday night. Another guy who had a really nice day for the Bulldogs on Tuesday was senior center fielder Ben Anderson. He also had three hits, and one of those being a home run. Ben Anderson, as I've said, is as steady Eddie as he gets in the outfield defensively for Georgia. He's done a really good job in the leadoff spot. He can really run, and he can occasionally put a ball out of the yard with his home run ability too. So look for Georgia to rely on these upperclassmen guys like play a lot like Anderson like the Tates like the Tate twins I mean Georgia's got a lot of veteran guys who will not be intimidated by the SEC tournament coming up next week or wherever the Bulldogs regional fate takes them when we find that out on Memorial Day so where Georgia sits right now the dogs play their final SEC they play their final SEC series of the regular season that starts on Thursday tomorrow against Missouri so that's a Thursday through Saturday series times are 6 30 on Thursday Thursday night, 6.30 on Friday night in Athens, and 2 o'clock on Saturday in Athens for Senior Day. And for draft-eligible juniors as well. So, guys like the Tate brothers, Cole, Cole and Connor Tate, like Ben Anderson, Jonathan Cannon will, will probably be drafted in June, so it'll give Georgia fans one last chance to say goodbye to a lot of these talented upperclassmen who decided to come back and use that extra COVID year of eligibility to put Georgia in a really good spot as they get ready for their final SEC series of the regular season. And as we get closer and closer to Hoover, the SEC baseball tournament starting up next Tuesday. I have never been to Hoover in the SEC baseball tournament, but just watching it over the years like I have, watching Georgia play, it is like all the other SEC postseason tournaments and championship games, it, it is quite a spectacle in Hoover. It's neat because they play in where the Birmingham Barons play their games at the Hoover Met and I mean the thing about the Hoover Met that I'll say it's a really deep spacious ballpark so if you're gonna hit one out you really gotta crush it or there's gotta be some wind blow in Hoover and you and usually with the weather being as warm at as it is in May, seeing occasional home runs fly out of there, but you really got to give it some good thump to get one out of the Hoover Met. So I'm interested to see where Georgia finds itself as the SEC baseball tournament starts next Tuesday. I'm fired up for this last series against Missouri. I thought beating Tennessee last Saturday, 8-3, to coming off the deck like Georgia did and finding a way to win, hitting a couple home runs off the Tennessee 105-mile-an-hour flamethrower Ben Joyce was really, really impressive. I'm I really like Georgia's team is right now. They're starting to play their best baseball, which is all you can ask for as we get ready for the SEC baseball tournament and regionals coming up after conference tournament play. So that's going to wrap it up for the Georgia Bulldog baseball part of the pipe. Now we're going to jump over to some Atlanta Braves. The Braves are still trying to find some consistency, guys. And I, like y'all, have been very, been very frustrated. I was very disappointed with the San Diego series. Fortunately, last Saturday, the game I was at, they had to come off the deck and win, but they did. Marcelo Zuna had the big and the big home run, and then Austin Riley had the big RBI double to give the Braves 
the win last Saturday. It was really cool getting to go to that with my parents. And shout out to my dad and his company, Associated Credit Union, for hooking us up with those tickets. That that was really, really fun last Saturday. It was great. So I want to begin the Braves conversation with this guy. And so to begin the road trip, the Braves were staying at the ever-popular Milwaukee, the Fister Hotel in downtown Milwaukee. So what was interesting on Monday, there was no hot, there was no hot water or power at the Fister Hotel. So I did a little bit of digging and a little bit of research, and it turns out apparently the Fister Hotel, where the Braves have been staying in for a lot of years, is haunted. So Braves, I think we may want to find a new hotel to stay in. Let's avoid the Fister Hotel. I know I'm sure it's a nice hotel, but I wouldn't want to stay in a hotel that's haunted. That would just kind of freak me out for sure. So I thought that was interesting. So now we're gonna jump to some actual baseball stuff. So Ronald Acuna Jr. finally back in the lineup for the Braves. This was on Tuesday. He went the game off with an infield single. The speed that he really gets rolling, he really is fun to watch as far as his speed. He can pick him up and put him down. And he just infuses so much energy into this Braves lineup that the Braves have been desperately looking for. You know, I mentioned at the beginning in the Braves conversation here, they're looking for consistency. And Acuna is a guy who provides consistency in the leadoff spot and provides energy that this Braves team desperately need. Marcelo Zuna, Tuesday night, hit a huge two-run homer in the top of the eighth to give the Braves, to give the Braves, to give the Braves a 3-0 lead and to hang on for the win. Some other positives from Tuesday. I want to talk about Tucker Davidson. He got the start for the Braves. Tucker pitched five innings. He allowed three hits. And something that really stood out to me about Davidson is he showed real poise and real command of all his pitches. In particular, his fastball and his slider combo. How he was able to command his fastball up anywhere from like 94 to 95 miles an hour. And then with his slider, he was able to throw that around 88 or 89 miles an hour. It was really nice to see Tucker come in and get his first major league win in his career. And I think Tucker Davidson is a guy that could provide real stability for the Braves in the fifth spot in the rotation. Because that's an area the Braves have really been looking for stability. You know, when you look at the Braves rotation, you feel really good about Max Freed, feel really good about Kyle Wright. Charlie Morton is starting to put things together a little bit. And Ian Anderson, too, has had a couple nice back-to-back starts. The fifth spot is a spot that somebody and one of these young pitchers could take hold up by the horns and take advantage of it and Tucker Davidson he he really had a nice start Tuesday he he pitched really well he showed real poise and maturity and just think guys like Tucker Davidson made a World Series appearance last last October and pitched okay in the World Series and just now, or I shouldn't say just now, but Tuesday on the 17th of May, Tucker Davidson got his first major league win. So congratulations to Tucker. That was a big win the Braves got on Tuesday. So now we jump to today's game, Wednesday the 18th. It was a day game. It was getaway day. It was freezing cold in Milwaukee, just based off what the radio told me today. It was like 49 degrees and rainy in Milwaukee. So in that respect, I'm really fortunate that they have the indoor roof and everything. So Max Freed, started today for the Braves. He pitched six six innings. He allowed seven hits, three runs. All these runs were earned and he struck out six guys. He also allowed two walks. He kept the Braves in it because at that time when Freed left, the score was four to two. As we know, the bullpen blew it late in the game for the Braves and they ended up losing seven to six. This was a disappointing, disappointing game. You hate losing this series to Milwaukee, but my outlook and mentality is this, guys. We need to flush it. We need to move on to my 
Miami. The players get an off day tomorrow, so they'll get a chance to kind of kind of get acclimated, get situated, and just kind of enjoy themselves for the day. But really be ready, but really be ready to go to face an upstart Marlins team. The Marlins are better than what we think. And I know the Marlins used to be kind of like the punching bag of the NL East, but now it looks like the Marlins are a lot better. You know, earlier in the season, they came to Atlanta and won a series, I believe, against the Braves. And so this is the Braves' first series of the year in Miami. I'm interested to see how Ronald Acuna Jr. does in his first game in Miami since tearing his ACL. I wonder if the Braves are going to rotate Acuna, whether it be from the DH to right field, you know, every other day type deal. But anyway, as I was saying, the Marlins are much improved. I look for the Braves to go down there and take care of business. From a pitching standpoint, the Braves are going to have Charlie Morton going on Friday night. They'll have Kyle Wright going on Saturday and Ian Anderson going on Sunday. So you feel good about those three for the Braves this weekend. But like I said, hopefully the Braves can go down there, win a series against Miami, and then the Braves come home next week, and they have a four-game series with the Phillies, and then they play the Marlins again at home to ring in the Memorial Day holiday. Or, or I should say the weekend before Memorial Day. And then after that, the Braves go out west to play Arizona, play the Diamondbacks. And so this series against the Marlins is big. You know, the Braves need to make up some ground in the NL East. The standings as of today, the Braves, yeah. Oh, I take that back. The Braves are seven back of the Mets right now, which is still weird. The Mets are leading the National East. Who would have thought? I know the Mets are better this year. I'll give the Mets credit. They made moves. But it, what does it say across the front, guys? M-E-T-S. They'll find a way to goof it up. This is just the Mets. They, they always find a way to goof it up. I'm not a believer in the Mets at all. I'm just not. I look for the Braves to get back on track. And it's all going to start with this big series against the Miami Marlins. So our final topic on the show this week, we're going to talk a little PGA Championship. And the PGA Championship is this weekend at Southern Hills in Oakland. Oklahoma. So some of the favorites this week, guys, John Rahm and Masters champ Scotty Scheffler are two of the big favorites for this tournament coming up this week. My pick to win it this week, guys, is Jordan Spieth. If Spieth wins the PGA Championship, it will be the career grand slam for Spieth. If he gets this done, he will join some of the elites in the game of golf. Gene Sarazen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger Woods. That's potentially really elite company for Jordan Spieth. And this has the, been the one major that's eluded Spieth in his career. And so I look for Jordan Spieth to get right this week and win the PGA Championship. So before we get on out of here, guys, I want to tell you all about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website where you can go listen to all our past previous episodes, where this episode will be dropping later this evening. So you can check it out. And we've also got our merchandise store where we've got our Comfy Colors t-shirts. We have them in a variety of colors, whether it be red, gray, blue you know, a variety of colors. So go check out the merchandise store. Get all get all your favorite merch of your favorite local sports podcast, Fan for All Seasons. Word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic, original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for myself, Jamie and Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.